Welcome to When Fear Reigns. In the 21st century, are Christians intellectually stuck in the past? Today, we continue to examine the misconceptions outsiders may have about Christians. Here's Dr. Parlow and Pastor Ben. Welcome to another episode of When Fear Reigns. I'm Ben Workentine, joined by Dr. John Parlow. And we are in a uh, couple of podcasts here, a couple of episodes, where we're walking through the positive aspects of Christianity that really run counter to our cultural narrative about Christianity. Today, we're looking at that narrative that Christians are backwards, that they bury their heads in the sand, that they're no use to a modern, technologically advanced society. The reality is just the opposite. Christians are and should be leading the way in discoveries, not only in technology, but sciences and the arts. But uh, to get us into that topic, John, would you... Can you think of a time, maybe it was even recently, where you just kind of stood in awe of something God has made, that something God has done, a discovery that you made, and you just thought, oh, man, this is just fantastic. Well, the fact that almost every day I walk into this building and I see someone like yourself, uh, a creation of God itself, and I marvel at his creation and <laughs> how he's put you together. And That is know, not the direction I thought you were going. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I figured you didn't think that, but... Uh, uh, besides yourself and others yeah. on staff that are incredible gifts from God, I remember back my first year as a pastor, I was out in South Dakota, and one of the things we did as pastors, they had some nickname for it, but it's really all the pastors getting together in the middle of the summer and going to some place where man has never stepped foot, somewhere in the mountains of Montana. And of course, I was the youngest guy and having to go and get everything. And, and then I remember fishing in a, in a creek or crick depending where you come from. Yeah. And I'm fishing and I'm pulling in trout. And I hear this splashing behind me. And I'm, no, I'm a kid who grew up in Los Angeles. So I, I know of wildlife. I've watched Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom when yeah. I was growing yeah. up. And so I'm thinking, oh, that must be some wildlife around here. That's great. I turn around 10 feet away from me is a Big bear. Foot. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was Bigfoot, but it looked like a bear to me. <laughs> it was a large bear looking right at me about 10, 12 feet away. And it's standing up. Wow. And I'm thinking, okay, apparently he wants to fish in my my creel or whatever that is. And I said, so I dump it out and I just slowly walk away. And sure enough, it went and ate all my fish. But uh, I was marveling not only at the beautiful <laughs> calm brook, but the large animal God had created that probably could have eaten me. But I'm thankful that didn't happen. So maybe that's not where you thought it was going to go. But the wilderness of Montana and me meeting face to face with my uh, untimely death, uh, that was part of it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, well, you know. I When um, when our son was born, we got talking about, uh, you know, feeding and breast milk and all that stuff. And that, that whole how, how the mother's body just changes for that and adapts to that and gives exactly what the child needs. You know, milk, the, the nutritional value of milk at the beginning of feeding is different at the end. And mom's body can change temperatures. Current, that just blew me away. And you just... I just sit there thinking that is just well, yeah, really and the fact cool. that God, God gives us kids and they have no user manual, it's right? Pretty much, yeah. they sleep, eat, and you have to change the diaper, right? <laughs> I think we can all get that right, you know. No matter how inept of a parent you are at first, yeah, you figure that's what has to happen. Which I'm thankful God doesn't give you teenagers right out of the gate because that's well, they do all the same stuff too, <laughs> just better. <clears throat> well, good, and, and I think that that sense of marvel, you just kind of live life through that lens and you just see things or you hear things and you just think, man, that is just, just incredible. And you kind of have this as a Christian, you kind of have this um, perception of awe and curiosity. Can you just help us understand, John, why, why is it that Christians are so, they're so sensitive to the wonders of creation and they, they just are curious and want to, want to see 
the works of that, that go on out there, the things that go on out there. Well, I think any of us, especially as Jesus followers, we're just in awe of what's around us. Any person wants to understand how things work or why they work, and and yet, as the more you the more you look into the sciences, the more you look on, into nature itself. You, the more you realize you really don't know mm-hmm. and you're in awe of things that happen. Sometimes in a negative fashion, you see a tsunami or see a tornado or yeah. recently yeah. we had hurricanes in a, in our country. It's, it's, that's difficult and that's hard to understand. Okay. Would my house withstand uh, 185 mile an hour winds for about a day and a half with gusts up to 225? That's just a thumbnail of God's power from my, yeah. from my yeah. vantage point. So I kind of marvel at that. But I also marvel at the human body when you, we're learning more and more about um, what we don't know. I mean, we have in the congregation, we have a young man who's just finishing up his residency as a brain surgeon. I think that's eight years or six years. Yeah. And he'll be the first to tell you, we still don't know really how it works. It's yeah. chemical and electronic or electric and a number of different things, how that works. And and yet you marvel at that or the DNA strands or, or any of that. But, you know, you, you look out there and you see, all right, from a Christian standpoint, my God is much bigger than I can even imagine him mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me how finite I am and how infinite he is. And yeah, a lot of times you marvel at that. Good. Yeah, I think that's that sense of, I mean, you, you can't look at that and think, especially if you're a Jesus follower, that God is so beyond, so far beyond anything I can imagine or grasp or think that this would be just kind of brought into existence. Man, that's just, it's really phenomenal. And it's also, I think, too, not only does it show my limitations, but that awe or that curiosity really is an act of worship, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I I think in today's day and age, one thing I will say that we're doing a better job of, especially the younger generation, is they understand one of the blessings God gave us, and it's a stewardship for us, is nature itself. Mm -hmm. Now, it's one thing to care for nature to want to uh, handle it as one of God's blessings. It's another thing to worship it yeah. as a God besides the God that made it. And I think sometimes people cross those uh, lines pretty quickly or blur mm. them at least. But yeah, I think that a Christian should be on the forefront of, hey, how can we best use and at the same time take care of the nature God has given us to enjoy, mm-hmm. but also to use and yet at the same time not misuse and, and pollute because mm-hmm. I do think the way you you treat nature is one of the acts of worship. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for Jesus followers, that's really goes back to really one of the earliest commands, right? God gave to Adam and Eve, take care of this world. This is my gift to you. I want you to, want you to manage it, to steward it, to use it for your good. All these trees, eat from them. Absolutely. But yes. take care of it. And this Adam is jumping on the John Deere with the <laughs> cup holder <laughs> and the radio, he's doing fine. Yeah, well, if you ask my my family, some of my extended family, maybe they'd say Case International, but John Deere's good too. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if if the Christian kind of has this attitude of, you know, comes at nature and creation and therefore science, which is really the study of nature and creation, uh, if they kind of come at that whole field with awe and curiosity, then why does it feel like there's such a battle between science and faith? Well, there's a natural tension there, at least some would call it natural. I think one of the first things you have to do, and and maybe we have a lot of people listening to us who have degrees in science or or one of the sciences, or certainly have uh, young people in their family that maybe God is gifted in that area, and that's where they're, they're pursuing right now. Is you have to let's define terms. What do we mean by science? Yeah. Sometimes people wonder about that, and 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 d- does science disprove God? You know, you hear that a lot of times. Well, I'm a scientist. Are you yeah. are you, are you a Jesus follower? No, I'm a scientist. Like yeah. you can't be a Jesus saying, yeah. follower and, and both. 
And, and, you know, if science is about, as I've always seen, investigating natural events and measuring things and seeing if you can replicate them and so on, how can science actually disprove the possibility of supernatural events? It really can't. Or how does our understanding, a greater understanding of natural laws like gravity, right? How does that prove that no one created those natural laws or the universe it's itself i i always use the example that i was taught by others and maybe maybe our listeners have heard this too and that is i don't really understand how a car works in the sense of you know i couldn't fix it anymore but if you understand how a car generally works i couldn't prove that no one made the car even if i know how it works uh, understanding how a car works is what we call what people call empirical science but discovering who made the car is what would be called forensic science Getting a better understanding of empirical science is important, like technology and, and how the car works, but it can't disprove the fact that that car had a car maker. In fact, uh, uh, the better you understand how a car works, probably the better you're going to understand who made the car in the first place. A car, in effect, uh, affects the attributes. By Its attributes can tell you about the attributes also of the creator. And so uh, what I see science a lot of times is let's let's take a look at what's around us. Let's measure it. Let's go ahead and take a look at it. Let's see if we can replicate some things and see, okay, what does this tell us about science? What does this tell us about how we got here? What does this tell us about how how nature works? And is it plausible or is it possible? Uh, wh- where does it point? Does it point to, in the big scheme of things, a creator, mm-hmm. someone who's the first cause of everything? Or is it is it haphazard? And I know we're going to talk about this in future podcasts. But again, science is just we're studying that which is before us and seeing what we can learn, what we can discover. Mm -hmm. So can you dive a little bit deeper into that on the the front? You said something to the effect of science measures the natural world and can't help us with. Well, yeah, I I would, I would, you know, so often you hear today that Christianity isn't, uh, Christianity is anti-science and that's not true. Christianity is, is, isn't anti-science. It's anti scientism, which I think what happens is a lot of people today have made science and especially materialistic view of the world, uh, you know, where that's, it's what we call evolutionary science or theory. That's really their, their faith. Scientism is the belief that science is the only way of knowing anything. And I don't think a true scientist really believes that. Uh, but there are many things you can know without the benefit of, of any science at all, like logic and math, mathematical truths actually come before any kind of science or metaphysical truths. That's the idea that does the external world, is that for real? You know, or moral. How, how's science going to tell you whether it's good or bad for you to, I don't know, blow up that building over there? That's a, that's a moral or ethical view, but boundaries of our behavior or aesthetic views. Like how do you determine beauty? Because mm-hmm. science can't do that. Or historical truths. Christians believe that science tells us a lot of important things, but not all of the important things. I mean, how can science possibly tell us anything meaningful about history of Jesus? Or the historical reliability of the Bible, it can't. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think that's one thing you want to know. And I, you know, having a, a son that became a scientist, it's it's things you think about a lot, and he's heard a lot. Or you know, we, Christianity is an anti-science. If you just look at the history mm-hmm. of Christianity, some of the most famous scientists in history were Christians, like Kepler and Descartes and Pascal and Newton and and a few others. Current ones are also Jesus followers. Um, Think of Francis Collins, probably, uh, and there's a few others there too. Now, these scientists aren't afraid to ask all the, you know, classic investigative questions, I guess you ask in science, and I'd have to ask my son what those are, but they, they don't refuse to ask the who question. So often those questions are, you know, what, when, where, how, why, 
and then the who questions. The day, today, often you'll find that scientists won't ask the who question, even though uh, the best scientific evidence points to clearly that there's an intelligent who out there. I think of the mm-hmm. information about DNA. Um, some of them refuse that whole idea that there can't be a, a first cause, co- an uncaused first cause, mm-hmm. what we would call a divine creator. As why scientists aren't willing to ask that who question, you might have to ask them. And that's because I think a lot of them bow the knee at the altar of what's called scientism. Mm-hmm. Not science, scientism. I guess there's a third thing I remember telling them, and that's um, science and Christianity really aren't at odds with one another. Science can help us make the case actually for God in the Bible. Science tells us that everything in the universe came into existence literally from nothing, mm-hmm. from nothing. And that there was some kind of cause, something powerful, non-spatial. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. uh, not bound by time and immaterial. So I think whether you're a Christian or you're a person who's an atheist, you're, you're a theist or you're an atheist, you have to understand, you both of you believe in a uncaused first cause, where we as Jesus followers believe that first cause is very personal. It, it, we call him God. Uh, the atheist just calls that chance most of the time, and, and yet won't won't go the, the little extra step in science and say, well, let's ask the who question. You know, why do, why do you think, you know, some people reject the existence of God when the scientific evidence is most reasonably explained by God? Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've poised that question and, you know, they struggle with that because there's a lot of ramifications. If science points to a first cause, you know, uncaused first cause, then it's likely that cause is going to have things to say about my life choices mm-hmm. and the standard by which I I measure them. And not a lot of people want that because by nature, of course, we want to play God and yeah. be God and that doesn't always go so well. Mm-hmm. So that I mean those those are things that I often think of when it comes to the scientific community. Um you know, you talk about uh, children get really interested in the natural sciences. Yeah. And, and the, you know, I hope your I hope your son Yeah. See, I mean, has, he loves has, picking up. Yeah. As, as, I think that's great. I think more Christians we need more men and women in the sciences all the yeah, time. Yeah. Um I just always think and my son did the same thing when he started DNA in, in molecular biology. He said, Oh, well that's how God did it. Yeah. The the more we discover and it's incredible discoveries we're making, you go, oh, it just shows again God's incredible wisdom, his incredible detail and design. Mm-hmm. And his power. And I often look at myself, oh, that's how he did it. Yeah. Or that's how he made this happen. Or wow, we found out something else about the human brain or something about, like you said, use your wife before giving birth to your son. I am always amazed at when I get a cut, Mm -hmm. all the different processes that go through for that to heal, make sure infection doesn't set in, all the right blood cells are there, white blood cells, all the different things are are there. I, you know, and yet that all happens while I'm breathing. Yeah, My heart's beating. Yeah. Everything else is working. <laughs> Everything else is, yeah. you know, well, maybe it's not working as well as when I was your age, but it is still working. I didn't bring that up. It's I'm still not. working <laughs> some. I mean, yeah. So I'm, I'm always amazed at that. So, you know, if your son and your future kids someday get involved in sciences, I think that's marvelous. Yeah. I, yeah. Why, why wouldn't you want Christians there? It's another thing that God gave us. And if they're gifted that way, let them run with it. My son went through a phase. He loved dinosaur books. Every book we read was dinosaurs. And I think that's a really important, that science versus scientism is a really important thing because the science is, here's the, the creature. We named it. You know, here's its, its, uh, its characteristics. It's scientism that says 128 million years ago. And it does not get long into a, a little kid's book, a picture book, before you get into the age, right? Uh, abs- and, and absolutely. You, as a Christian, you you stoke that. Yeah, that's really interesting. These are cool. These are cool creatures that God made and he put on this earth. And 
Uh, you know, at one point, people were able to enjoy that that part of God's creation. But let's take out the the reading too much into it or making assumptions. Well, say, yeah, saying things that you can't substantiate. Uh, I, I always, you know, when my sons were in the dinosaurs, just like your son yeah. is now, um, I always turned to Job chapter 38 through 42 and said, yeah. all right. They always said, well, Dad, we're, we're dinosaurs here. Does the Bible say dinosaurs are here with human beings? I said, well, yeah, what we would call dinosaurs, you know, the huge creatures. You've got them described. You've got behemoth. Yep. And you've got Leviathan. Behemoth is described as um, having a tail like a, a trunk of a tree, a, a cedar, cedar tree. Trunk, right? yeah. You know, so people always say, well, no, that was an elephant. Okay. You know, I might not be the <laughs> sharpest knife in the drawer. And maybe my elevator doesn't always go to the top. And yeah. I'm whatever you want to say. Or my, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fry short of a Happy Meal or whatever. But I've been to the zoo. And I've looked at the animals' tails, especially the, you know, the, the elephant. Doesn't look like a cedar yeah, tree. Nobody, nobody describes that as no, a cedar not, tree. No, yeah. that doesn't look like a cedar tree at all. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's good. And, and as we'll talk about, and yes, remember, I always say, and my son taught me this, science science really doesn't teach you anything scientists do. Hmm. You know, they'll, they'll tell you because everything that they discover has to be, it has to be interpreted. Yeah, framed and right. interpreted, right. applications drawn out of it. Um, and I think we're getting into, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they're, they've got kids who are interested in science. Maybe they're young like mine getting into paleontology. Maybe they're a little bit older and building rockets and, and uh, you know, doing cool experiments at school or whatever. Uh, what does that conversation look like for a, a Jesus follower talking to their kids about science? And I'm thinking especially of once you get into middle school and especially high school, your son went to college and science, like mm-hmm. more and more those lines between scientism or empiricism and and science get blurred. I think it is imperative that if parents see that they have a child, a, a girl or a boy that's really gifted in the sciences, and you, you kind of note that already in the grade school, the middle school mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and you think they're going to be headed toward maybe it's medicine or maybe it's research or, or you know, maybe it's paleontology or they're going to be a a marine biologist or, or yeah. something like yeah. that. I think you have to start training them already. I, I really think when we talk about apologetics, which this is this whole podcast is about, we want you to be able to defend your faith and share your faith in a secular world that sometimes may push back against it. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. And sometimes just be antagonistic and, and violent against it. You have to start that process of training your children with critical thinking mm-hmm. By having them understand those are some of the questions you're going to come across. And you're right. Once they get to high school, especially if you get into college in the sciences, you may be the only Jesus follower, or at least the only one you know of uh, in that whole department. And that can be pretty lonely. But if you start working through and pointing out, uh, like Romans chapter 1, how God says, you know what? You can see God's power and his wisdom Mm -hmm. in the creation and the created world around us. Go ahead and take a look at that and go ahead and leverage that. But I think teaching your kids how to defend their faith and share it in college is too late. And I think mm-hmm. in high school is too late. I think you need to do that starting in, I would say, third grade, fourth grade, mm-hmm. fifth grade. Again, age appropriate, but you have to train your kids. And I would uh, challenge them. I think our kids sometimes, we don't give them enough credit. Yeah. They really do. Whether you're talking about in all areas as you train your children, uh, when you start teaching them about God's gift of sexuality, yeah. how to handle money. How to how to share their faith and defend their faith? Obviously, that's always age appropriate, and that's a that's not just a one time talk. It's a conversation that <laughs> yeah. continues through the yeah. years, and I think that's true of apologetics and the whole idea of science. Let son, you're going to run into people who go beyond science; they go into scientism, and it really becomes their religion, mm-hmm. where it's a belief system. And at you know, finally, so is Christianity. What you do is you simply look at what science can measure and replicate, and see okay, 
which one gives a more plausible and probable uh, arrow to point, okay, is there a God or not a God? Did this mm-hmm. happen by mm-hmm. chance and, and time over in some matter thrown in somewhere out of nothing? Mm-hmm. Or is there a unmade maker? So yeah. I think you have to start that conversation when they're young. Yeah. Are there good resources that you found to help parents maybe talk through some of that stuff or guide them in those discussions? Well, I think uh, anybody uh, can go ahead and go to Dr. Google. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Dr. Google isn't, of, uh, isn't always <laughs> always good, right? Just because it's on Google doesn't mean it's true. But um, there's uh, Christian Life Resources. There's there's a group that I like that. You can go ahead and Google that. There are some people like, uh, I, I would probably say, there's, I believe it's Answers in Genesis, yeah. Ken Ham. There are other people, too, that maybe your pastor could give you mm-hmm. uh, some people that uh, he has found helpful. Uh, there's uh, there, there's just a number of people that, that can help. Uh, as far as um, when it comes to apologists, there's, there's Frank Turek. He's not mm-hmm. bad. There's Jay Warner Wallace. He's been very good when it comes to science mm-hmm. and helping. There is, and the name escapes me right now, the, the man who is the co-founder of the Intelligent Design. I don't uh, know he, he's... He is he's a Christ follower and is very gifted in talking mm-hmm. about how uh, science itself, in the way you measure, points to a creator, to mm-hmm. an intelligent designer. I really appreciated in the, that area um, Reasons for God by Tim Keller. He's got a whole chapter on science, and I, I think it, it's one of the best. I've given it to especially young people, teenagers, and kind of read through it and talked through it, and it's really stoked some really good conversations with kids who are deep into science, love sciences, love mathematics. Uh, passionate about it, and it only invigorated their passion. Yeah, certainly in our show notes, we can put some other resources that perhaps parents or just the listener uh, wants to do to dig more heavily into it. There's podcasts out there as well as written material and a lot of books as well. Good. Thanks for for those suggestions. I know that there are going to be uh, a couple of listeners uh, today who are thinking that we have sold the farm, that we've kind of tried to blend together Christianity with things like evolution or old earth theory or gender theory, whatever. Uh, Can we just clear that up a little bit? Would you help us clear that up, John? Um, We're curious, but there are also truths about in scripture and about the world that we, it doesn't affect. We're not going and looking for an alternative explanation, for example, on where things began. Uh, Correct. I I, I still take Genesis as God wrote it, as history, his history, because he was the only one there that tells us how we got here and how this world that we enjoy and live on got here as well. Um, The fact that we want to study what science has to say about that isn't betraying God, actually. It's probably uh, seeing more of his handiwork. Mm -hmm. Now, I I agree with the listener who's a little concerned about that in the sense that people have walked down that path and then suddenly they've been, I would say, brainwashed Mm -hmm. and suddenly weren't so strong in their faith. Or maybe they came up across what we just talked about. Uh, Some professor tells you something you have never heard before, you're not ready to address or Mm -hmm. think critically about. And suddenly you think, oh, man, he's got all these little letters after his name. And I'm sitting in the class and he's in the front. He must know better, obviously, than the Bible isn't true. Or my parents or my pastor. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know anything. So, no, we're just simply talking about, let's go ahead and take a look, a critical look at the world God made and see what it tells us about the world he made and, in essence, tells us about him. And the more you're going to find is... Um, I'm finite. He's mm-hmm. infinite. He's powerful. I'm pretty wimpy. Mm-hmm. And his wisdom is seen in almost everything. So, I, you know, it, that's not going to change what we think about the divinity of Jesus. But we'll talk more about that because I do think what you believe about Genesis yeah, can bleed yeah. into and impact what you believe about other truths clearly taught mm-hmm. in Scripture as mm-hmm. well. Because as someone to say, well, if you can't believe him on this, why would you believe him on that? And I mm-hmm. think that is a, a real danger we need to talk about and probably will address in future podcasts. 
Yeah, good. Well, thanks, John, for helping us think through that. Um, it is it, it's cool to be a, a be able to be a Jesus follower and just be curious about everything that goes on around us. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. I, uh, as you go through your world and, uh, and experience the things that are going on around you, I hope that you. Uh, see the way that God's working there, the way that God's created it, uh, the way that God has uh, brought all this together for his glory. And it's just, it is fun to look at. Uh, make sure you, um, as you've listened to this podcast, uh, if it's meant something to you or, or been interesting to you, that you share it with somebody. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, uh, make sure you comment on our social media. You'll find us on Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, but as always, we love having you and hopefully our time together today has helped you uh, live with uh, the fear of God and let it reign in your lives. We're so glad you joined us for this week's episode of When Fear Reigns. Our episodes can now be found on YouTube. A link can be found in the episode description and share it with a friend who hasn't heard the show yet. 